check. It's me, your boy, Denzel, here once again with uh, new co-host, Charles. It's your dude. Uh, additional co-host, in addition to Chet, whenever he comes back from buying his pack of cigarettes in Los <laughs> Angeles or whatever. And we're here with a special guest today, Obasu, friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. No, she's one of our friends. A friend of the show, a uh, friend from conventions. Say hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. We appreciate it. I'm a longtime listener. I've been listening uh, for years, actually. Oh, yikes. I'm sorry. Sorry <laughs> okay. to hear that. still came in? <laughs> yeah. This is Real Nerd Hours, your favorite slice of life podcast, ostensibly about nerd shit. I'm Denzel, again, here with Charles. Yes, sir. And Obasu. Woo-hoo. And uh, this week, we're talking about just a random assortment of shit. Nothing in particular. You guys watch anything recently? How about you, Obasu? Letter Kenny. Oh, oh hell yeah. Kenny. You sh- okay, so you showed it to me, what was it, Sunday night? Yes. Went over to Jared's last night, and we were watching it, too, because they're all watching that show, too. They're like, oh, okay, great, you already know it, so I just put it on and we can enjoy it. Yeah. We do need to talk about Letterkenny, though. Yeah, it's very good. It is basically Canadian anime. Oh, that show oh, is an anime. Dude. Like, when you break down, like, the formula, it's like you got the, like... Main character, strong, so a guy like soft on the inside, but he's like a JoJo where he's like buff, toughest guy in town, gotta fight everybody. That's an arc in the show where he's like, I gotta be the toughest dude in town. Yeah, the whole first season is. Yeah, who's and the he fights guy in everyone. Kid. Like, he's got like a hot little sister for no reason and then no parents. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. an anime. And then he's got the fat, funny friend. I mean, all of them are fr- funny, but yeah. he's got the particularly funny, fat friend the, who doesn't seem to do anything ever. Yeah, the louder, dumb friend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're on to something for sure. I like that theory. I really fuck with it. Yeah, if you like anime, give Letter Kenny a try. I think it's on Hulu, right? Yeah, it's on, it's Hulu. on Hulu. In its entirety now. Yeah. Yeah. There's like yep. three seasons? And six the specials. Seasons. Oh, six seasons. Okay, and yeah. And three specials. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, I haven't gotten that far yet. I just found out about it like two days ago, but like, I'm in. Yeah, I'm going to steal someone's good. Hulu account and watch it. It's and very good. It's very easy to marathon because there are only six episodes per season. Oh, okay, okay. Everybody should watch Letter Kenny. Yeah, if you're not already on the Letter Kenny tip, you need to get on it and then uh, talk to me about it because I've seen it three times. <laughs> I've watched the entire series three times. It's fucking dope. So one of the topics that I wanted to talk about today uh, were like influential things from when you were younger for now or whenever, things that influenced you for whatever reason. And I th- thought this would be a cool topic to bring up today. Yeah, man. Um, so Charles, you got anything? Yeah, I've got, I guess technically four things, but I'm going to lump two of them together. Uh, the first thing is probably my earliest memory and it's seeing the Lion King in theaters at a theater that is no longer, uh, open. Like literally the first, the earliest memory I have is the beginning of the Lion King. (laughs) I was four years old seeing this movie in theaters. I'm sure I had been put in front of the tv a bunch before or like see i've seen other movies and stuff but for whatever reason the first thing that the early thing that i my brain chose to hold on to is watching is the lion king lion king in theaters and i've really held on to one the fact that i still am really into musicals big part of it is because i'm involved in music still i'm real into musicals real early um and not just Disney stuff, just any musical like media that I could get into, like anything that was also music, got real into it. And a big part of how I got into like the studying the details of animation, even like when I was really young, um, just like finding books and stuff about animation, like as soon as I could read on my own. Cartoon Network is also a huge influence, but like Lion King specifically stands out. It's probably the movie the Disney movie, especially that I've watched the most, even though it's not my favorite Disney movie, it is the one that I've watched the most just because of a lot of how a big part of it is Elton John wrote the music for it. And oh, didn't know that. Yeah. All the, all the original music was written by, or at least co-written by Elton John. Um, he won an Emmy for candy for the love tonight. Oh, cool. I'm that sure a lot of um, kids were, uh, a music award, whatever music award you oh, win for Grammy, movies. Grammy, a Grammy. Like he, he also won an, an Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. He also won an Oscar. Damn. You could actually, you could probably get an EGOT off of that. Off the Lion King. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the tone of the, the Broadway play is what, performance. Well, yeah. yeah. 
damn, that'd be sick as fuck getting EGOT off, off of one, one project. Thing. Oh my god, because it was also the Timon and Pumbaa animated series, so that opens you up for Emmy. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Do they do music for Emmys as well? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, you could claim an EGOT off of just one project. Yeah, original compositions for um, music is also are also in the Emmy Award category. Hell yeah, that's sick. But uh, yeah, that was. A pretty big. I think I picked that one mostly because it's my earliest memory. My earliest memory is seeing a movie, uh-huh. and that movie just kind of stuck with me. I wore out the, the VHS. We had to buy it again. Um, when I had younger siblings, when my siblings came around. Yeah. But uh, the next thing that really influenced my interest in comics is it was it was I want to say like 1998. I was in. I was living in Navy housing. And if you've lived in or driven around Navy housing, you've probably seen like NEX and Naval Exchange. Uh, There's big ones on bases, but there's smaller ones like corner stores, basically, and uh, military housing complexes. And they had in their magazine section, they occasionally had comics, like not even all the time. Just sometimes they would order comic books. And I I was waiting for my dad. He was getting a haircut because there's also a barbershop attached to all of them. He's getting a haircut. And I was just like. The magazine section was just outside the door of the barbershop. And I read, I, can, I can't find it. I may be making it up. I definitely, like, <laughs> I've not been able to find this uh, issue again to even like know which one it was. But it was a comic where Spider-Man fought the Hulk. Uh, and I can't, remember, I can't remember whose book it was. I don't know if it was a Marvel 2-in-1, if it was you know, one of the Spider-Man books, if it was you know, The Incredible Hulk. But Mary Jane had been kidnapped. And I think so had Betty Ross. And that's how they ended up like crossing paths. And Pete's just like at the end of his rope. And because he's fighting the Hulk, he doesn't have to hold back. So he's just like going to town. And they, I mean, he's still the Hulk. So it's not like it's doing too much to him. And they stop and they talk and kind of work out. I think this was just, this is around Professor Hulk time. Yeah, Night Run 98, so Professor Hulk was still around. And one, it was the first time I had seen, having only seen a lot of these comic book characters from like the animated series that were on in the 90s, first time I had seen superheroes interact with each other. Like Batman the Animated Series was on, but Superman had, Superman the Animated Series had started, but I don't think I'd, they'd crossed over yet. And, uh, I hadn't seen much of the Spider-Man animated series. I know there were crossovers in that, but I hadn't seen very much of it. So for me, this is the first time I saw that these characters exist alongside each other and can interact in ways that aren't always like team up um, outside of the cartoons. Like I'd seen super friends and shit, but that's also what got me real into Spider-Man. And from that point, I was looking for Spider-Man stuff all the time. And fortunately, this was 98. So in 2000, Ultimate Spider-Man started. So I could jump into Spider-Man without having to know all the continuity. And that really is what kind of kicked it all off. All right, so you mentioned Lion King. I loved Lion King too. And I think one of my earliest memories was also seeing it in theaters. I, I'm going to guess we're probably about the same age because I was also about four years old in 1993. Mm. So I think my family probably took me to see that movie too. And I watched the hell out of that movie when it came out. I could probably quote every line in that movie. <laughs> like as a kid, I'm, I blame that movie for like making me a partial furry. I loved, I had like Yikes. every plushie you could get of like Scar. I don't know what it was. Love Scar. He was just, he was bae for me, even though he was like, looking back on my like, God, he's an asshole. But like at the time, like five-year-old me was like, that's it. That's the one for me. <laughs> that's it. So that's what influenced me into being a, the adult you see today. Oh. But oh, no, um, do you have the other stuff? Like comic book wise, um, loved like the 90s X-Men cartoon. Uh, this is a podcast, tell. you can't see me, but for those at home, my hair, I look like Rogue from the X-Men. <laughs> I have like reddish hair with the light blonde bangs in the front. I love Rogue. Very much so. I have a lot of very strong feelings about the Century Fox property and like the X-Men coming into Marvel and like my tin foil hat conspiracy about like, oh, what are they going to do with the X-Men when they bring them into the Marvel universe? And like, what are those movies going to be? Like, we can get into that later, but. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I definitely want to talk about like Rogue and where her movie might be in the future with Captain yeah. Marvel. Pause it. Yeah. Here, quick uh, sideline. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? Uh, that Disney announced a new Marvel project for Disney Plus. 
this uh, on top of the uh, the series or is there yes the it's the series yeah so they're doing the some interesting some interesting ones they're doing vision and scarlet witch ew which <laughs> that's whatever um they're doing a loki series which i think the loki series was announced a while ago that sucks he's dead yeah, so I'm unless in, if he was faking the whole time, I he's actually dead, and they're just doing like weird, fun time, you know, just flashback stuff. I don't want them to try to make him work in the current continuity uh, post Endgame. But they're also doing a Falcon and Sebastian Buc- Stan movie. Yeah, show so we have Falcon and Bucky, uh, but kind of doing the buddy cup thing. I prefer to see them more in the films, but then again, I don't know kind of what they're. In in game is for <laughs> the series at like in relation to the uh, MCU because yeah. it is on Disney it is on Disney streaming service they'll probably try to connect it and they're using the actual cast members there'll probably be more connection between the films and the shows but then again ABC is also owned by Disney and they've largely ignored Agents of Shield so yeah. thinking back like about old cartoons from MTV, like from the late 90s, early 2000s, like Aeon Flux, you remember um, Undergrads, the Max. Down, like oh, Downtown or something, Clone High, I love Clone Daria High. Daria shirt. I, have, I am actually wearing a Daria shirt right now, and she's smoking a joint. Six Sad World. Yeah, oh yeah. They don't make them like they used to. Like, you know, no. I don't watch like old animation from like the 90s, like how like overly like expressive the characters are versus now like your Cal Arts like fucking Steven Universe and Star in the Forces of Evil or Gumball whatever they're I don't know just maybe I'm just old and I'm just like bitter and jaded I'm like it's not like how it used to be yeah I mean they're kind of uh, lean heavily on textbook teachings so one of the issues that I realized is like for character archetypes they use specifically shaped heads like you have a pointy head for somebody who's evil, a round face for somebody who's sweet, a square face for somebody who's like inquisitive or whatever. Like they, there are certain archetypes that are fit along with certain head shapes and like shit like that. So it's uh, difficult to differentiate yourself if you're following like kind of rules and that of that nature. Yeah, I feel like, like times has changed. Like styles change, trends yeah. and animation just change over time. Yeah, I feel like there were there was a wider variance in the early 2000s. Well, there was also, I think a big part of it was there were more, it was, I don't know if it was easier, but a big influence, a big thing that we saw a lot was there were, one, there were a lot of, there were people coming from a lot of different schools, but like the, you would see these, those like animation compilation shows, like what a cartoon show and Kablam and oh yeah, uh, yeah that's Kablam. that's kind of what Cartoon Sushi was on MTV. Yeah, so Nickelodeon yeah. kind of pioneered that in like the mid '90s, and that's how we got like Fairly Odd Parents and Anaconda. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> my, hold on, my life is Ginger. As, as told by Ginger, as told by Ginger, there was a show called like My Life my as life a Teenage, a teenage robot. robot. Yes, that yeah, so there it. were so like shows like Dexter's Lab and Powerpuff Girls and. Uh, there's like cartoon cartoons. And, yeah. Like yeah. These so like these cartoons were all, they're submitted to Nickelodeon was like, we need to get some original content and Cartoon Network followed suit like a few years later. But Nickelodeon was the first channel to be like, we need to get some original content. So let's just ask students to submit some shit and we'll just do these compilations. And so you got a lot of, and like, if you go back and look for like the original versions of a lot of these, like Ren and Stimpy and uh, Rocco's Modern Life, they, and Rugrats, they started, on shows like that where it's just send us something that's four minutes long we'll do five of them in an episode and based on how what people liked that that stuff would take off and that's where we got a lot of those shows but because it was coming from so many different places with people who like taught themselves animation or people who were going to different schools like all around the world and just like whatever i'll submit it i'll send my student art project <laughs> into nickelodeon and then now that dude's got you know, getting $125,000 an episode for a thing that he created at home. Yeah. That's rad. But that was, that's, I think that's where a lot of the variation came from. And then as it, as these, the the studios became more and more involved, you started to get more of that. Like, all right, we're looking for this kind of talent or we're looking for like this sort of style. And then when marketability, cause like we, it kind of came full circle and like this, from like the 60s to the 80s, a lot of that animation looks the same. Yeah. It's humans look a certain way and then anything that's not human can look like weird and cartoonish. And whichever characters you want to be like goofier all look 
like you know you look at Hanna Barbera and all of their character designs are the same like they're very similar and that continued on through like the 80s you know your G.I. Joe and your uh, Batman and Gem and the Holograms yeah, and there's a very He-Man. similar design sense for character designs in the 90s it wasn't all just it wasn't the studios producing it it was people just making things and then getting paid to make more of it and then as that became bigger and it kind of came full circle in the mid 2000s like well what can we sell and so then it's like all right we need well that is selling so many things look like that so we got like when teen titans took off there was a lot of stuff that looked you know very anime inspired but was all you know produced here yeah and now we've got like you know um, Adventure Time took off and then stuff started looking like Adventure Time, yeah. including the fucking Lucky Charms uh, now. Yep. Yikes. Yeah. Got to appeal to kids, appealing to what's familiar to them. And that's part of the problem with like culture now, at least in America, because it's run by capitalism. Yeah. Uh, you get a bunch of samey shit because it's it's what sells and people want to go straight to what sells and you'll notice now that there aren't a lot of B movies coming out mm. or there aren't a lot of movies that are just like mid-tier budgets that aren't horror movies and that's because yeah. people want to min-max the amount of money that they're making yeah. either with something that's super low budget that they know is going to pull in money like something like horror or something with a fucking gazillion dollars behind it that'll bring in literally a billion dollars so you get no middle ground in between there. Or sometimes you do. Sometimes you just get like a really shitty film release because somebody needs a tax write-off for losses yeah, or whatever. Or they have, they're contractually obligated to release a film and they don't want to, so they put nothing behind it. Yeah. Oof. Exactly. Oh, there was something I did want to mention, go back on, when you said like cartoons in like the 80s all look the same. I had me thinking like, oh yeah, all those like Hasbro... Yeah, they toy, were toy cartoons like G.I. Joe, My Little Pony, Gem and the Holograms. Those all look the same. They probably all came from the same house. It was the same yeah. uh, like, like three or four production companies. And right. then either it was uh, Hasbro was doing a lot of them. Uh, Han Saban, actually, before they got into importing uh, Japanese media, that was like, like they were partially responsible for uh, Transformers coming to the U.S. and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was like three companies that were all doing it. It was like whatever is – it eventually devolved into – like G.I. Joe and stuff and Transformers to an extent where it's like this, these are 30 minute toy commercials that we show oh, yeah. every weekend. And like that's during the period, like in the, in the late eighties when the term toyetic became a thing, like what can we make of this? That's how we ended up getting shit. Like all those Batman variations when the movie, like in the nineties when the movies were out, like stuff that's not in the film was like, well, what can we build? <laughs> what can we sell related to this? And so stuff, you start like the actual product became there. The media became secondary to the product and we're kind of, it's kind of circled back and we're kind of back in that, that point in media production where it's like, well, who's going to buy things based on this? Yeah. Like how many, how marketable is this idea? Not is this, art in anime and japanese stuff today it's like they make a idol girl thing and it's like all right how many fucking jpegs can we sell of this girl on your phone or whatever like we're gonna make something and we're pushing it out to make money you know what i'm talking about like yeah that yeah. kind of stuff so it's, oh can we can we make this into the next hatsune miku <laughs> right and cash in on a bunch of lonely dudes in the u.s the next love live next idol masters like yeah. it's not even like a physical product like we're gonna sell you some jpegs that you might may or may not even get yeah. Give us some money and you'll have a chance of getting a JPEG. <laughs> oh, God, that's awful. Yeah, that, that shit is wild. Yeah. I can't. I didn't know about that until I think you and Chad talked about it. And I was like, what the fuck is that's a re- that's a real industry. Yep. It's a dangerous game. Like, I don't have any apps like that on my phone because I know, like, uh, that's just a hole I don't want to fall into. Yeah, for sure. Uh, going on to some of the stuff that influenced me when I was a kid, uh, Calvin and Hobbes and Garfield, the yes. comics. Funny funnies, man. God damn. Not even just... So, initially, for Calvin and Hobbes, for me, it was reading them in the funnies along with Garfield. But luckily, the library at my elementary school had the... uh, What are they called? Anthologies? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where it's just... God damn. They've been running for 40 years. So, yeah, they just collect a bunch of them. Yeah, put them all in a book. And it's lovely. And the reason why those two things in particular... Uh, influenced me a lot is because they weren't made for kids. Yeah. They're, when I was a kid, I was reading the shit out of those, but like the vocabulary using them and the concepts used in them, like when Calvin or Hobbes references 
uh, existentialism. Yeah. I'm fucking, I'm like a nine year old. Like, what the fuck is existential? It's some high concept <laughs> shit, but it's still funny. I would have to look up words and like get context from things from my parents in yeah. order to understand some of the jokes. Like, if, if Hobbes is asking Calvin if he's having an or had an existential crisis, it's like, well, hold on. What's the joke here? I don't get it. So I go and I read about existentialism, what my nine year old brain could handle. <laughs> what, that. what you could understand of that idea yeah and then, but then would, he also, yeah sorry uh, and then i would have to ask my parents about yeah. it and they would try to dumb it down for my dumb child brain <laughs> but it's like i still don't get it and then i would have to like slowly read more and more and more like i wasn't reading like high philosophy or anything like that but i was just like looking at books trying to get a better idea of what it meant like yeah. things of that nature so every time i would come across a word if i didn't understand it i'd look it up in the dictionary and if i couldn't find it in the dictionary i'd ask my parents or i mean every word's in the dictionary but yeah. if if i couldn't get, understand what was yeah what yeah if from. i didn't understand the definition then i would have to ask somebody and that's kind of what made my brain a brain grow to a certain degree yeah. because i was like i don't know I don't get any of this. I want to get it because I like the art and I think what's funny here is funny. So I'm glad to hear someone else was uh, just looking shit up in the dictionary all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I would sit, I would do the same shit. I would like be reading something and just have the dictionary, especially if I was like at school in the library, I would just get, just also grab a dictionary at the same time. Like there's going to be some stuff I don't understand. and I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Calvin Hobbes, like I'm always interested when people like mentioned specifically Calvin and Hobbes because there's like a very particular style of humor that you get if that was like an early influence. Yeah, it's very it's like dry. It's not yeah it's not slapsticky in a lot of cases. It's just like dry kid humor. And it's stuff that even like as a kid a lot of it you get. But there's even there's concepts that are, you know, over your head. But even like the ones that are like that you still see some shit where you're like, that's like when you, especially when you read as an adult, like I get why I like this as a kid, but also there's like additional layers here that are really fun. Especially like with the, uh, like the snowman comics are, they're so like, those are all so funny. All of them. Everything. Like I, I think a couple weeks ago I was like, someone had posted on either Twitter or Tumblr and I was just scrolling through all of the, like all of Calvin snowman gags and they're, there's so much going on and they're usually just one big panel and they're usually so they're always so funny just all the stuff that he's doing visually there's no official calvin and hobbs merch because bill watterson refused to like trademark it but that's also why we got like those like praying calvin and pissing calvin decals <laughs> oh yeah on i always wondered about that like why every shitty why family's that? car in the, the 90s he, he didn't he didn't trademark the character so anybody can legally use okay. them for whatever he just didn't I can't I read a quote from him about it and he just I can't remember what it was but he was just like it doesn't matter like I'm creating this thing and whatever people want to do with it like if it's something particularly egregious then you know I might step in but he doesn't really care he wants it just to be this open thing yeah and for the most part people have respected that and not done any like wild shit with this property but so another thing that influenced me not going to be surprised to hear this. Uh, Power Rangers. Yeah, and Also anime. Uh, mainly not for, I guess, not. it's not bad, but it's not good. Uh, but in middle school, because piracy was huge mm-hmm. in like 2005, yeah, 2002 to 2006 was prime LimeWire. LimeWire. Yeah. Oh, LimeWire yeah. and uh, Napster. Napster. Fucking different. Kazaa. Uh, Bear Share. Holy shit. Pirate Bay. Pirate Bay. I love Pirate Bay. Man, early piracy was on some other shit. (laughs) You didn't know what you were going to get. There was no way. (laughs) No way. Even like half the time it would be porno with a different name. It was garbage. But one of the things that I ended up doing when I was a kid was like after watching like Adult Swim and like a bunch of other shit, like I was so interested in anime and I still had a thing for Power Rangers because I really liked it anyway. And I had heard because I honestly thought like uh, yeah, like the American Power Rangers is good like it's not fun to watch anymore and somebody was yeah. like you know that came from Japan right and I was just like shut up <laughs> and so <laughs> I found out about like all the Super Sentai series yeah. and I wanted to go back and watch it and so 
after a certain point, like I had felt the same about anime. Like I had started talking to a lot of people on the internet about anime and like, yo, like you should check this out. You should check this out. It's subtitled or it's not subtitled. And for the stuff that wasn't subtitled, like I legit went out and like bought books on how to learn Japanese and wow. like, I like actually started learning. I was teaching myself Japanese when I was like, just as a teenager. A teenager. Yeah. Young I was like weeaboo. 12, 13 years old. And it was just so I could watch more of the cool shit that I liked, mm. right? Like, not because I wanted to be Japanese. It's okay. Thankfully. Uh, but because I was interested in, like, I wanted to see this cool-ass shit. Like, if Dragon Ball Z had been made in Mexico, I'd be learning Spanish. Oh, well, for a lot of us, I think we've talked about it before, but for a lot of us, uh, that's how we got a bunch of Dragon Ball Z. Especially if you're in San Diego... Uh, it was translated into Spanish way before it was Spanish translated into English. Oh, so wow. uh, I remember watching in English on Cartoon Network the like when Dragon Ball Z had first started, and then like early early cable when like you know you had to watch the TV Guide channel and seeing Dragon Ball Z on a channel it was like oh shit it's on a, it's like it's on at a different time and switching over to Telemundo and it's in the uh, it's in the Frieza saga already. And like Dragon Ball Z just it had just started in Eng- like the dub had just started in English. I think it was uh, Ocean was it was the Ocean dub that aired initially, but it had already been translated into Spanish and it was like sixty episodes ahead. So I was like early on the Super Saiyan shit. Yeah, some of us did start learning some Spanish because of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, wow. that's real. That's real shit. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean that's mostly persons- like a. I feel like that's mostly just like a Southern California thing. Yeah. yeah, because we do have so I mean, we did have so many Spanish language channels. Yeah, and one international channel that yeah. it was kind of fucked up because they just grouped all of the Asian shit onto one channel. Yeah. It was Korean shit, Japanese shit, Thai shit, okay. Chinese shit. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in the Midwest, like we didn't have international channels or anything like that. I think it was like Indiana. For a long time, yeah, we're gonna have that. Uh, the mayonnaise channel, yeah, just, oh God. just <laughs> dudes eating mayonnaise yeah. right out of the jar. The corn, the corn just channel, it's a, a whole hand. Oh God, <laughs> just shots of cornfields. This is my driving. life, dude. No, we actually lived. I legit like lived like near a cornfield. Oh, nice. Oh, in Buffalo. To be fair, like the neighborhood was nice. Had a golf course in it. Like when you live in Indiana, you got money out there because everything's cheap AF. Because you're in a fucking cornfield. Yeah, so, I bet. So you got kind of like you know pros and cons kind of weigh it out it's like i could live in a really nice house on a golf course but the con is i'm in fucking indiana oh not fun yeah (laughs) but i don't live there anymore yeah good you're out we're out my sister's out no one lives in indiana anymore and we're all better for it oh good that's good to hear that's good (laughs) oh shit yeah i mean that the last thing i guess is blade runner for me i can see that because I see I, that shit in your aesthetic, dog. That's so. The two things that it did for me was uh, that was my first exposure to like pulp noir stuff. Yeah. Uh, aside from like the cartoon portrayals, like by Bugs Bunny or whatever, yeah. and also like the aesthetics, fucking banging. Yeah. It's a it's a good looking. movie. I see that shit, dude. It's <laughs> but like the problem is the no, movie's boring as fuck. Yeah. It's, it's too long and not enough happens. Yeah. And when you're a kid, you don't understand all the underlying shit also, that's in there. Or Hans, I almost said fucking Hansel. Harrison Ford, uh, his weird relationship with that replicant is sketch. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's on some like Born Sexy Yesterday shit. Like you guys know that trope? No. So Born Sexy Yesterday is uh, this trope of women having usually like and we see it a lot in sci-fi they'll be like cyborgs or they'll be like in some situation where they just don't know anything like they're either newly created but as an oh, inexplicably as an adult born yesterday but also sexy yeah so like they're young and they don't know anything so they have to be protected and have everything explained to them but they're also in the body of an adult woman so they're still sex objects Oh God! Yeah, yeah. So, a lot yeah. of anime. Yeah, it's a lot of anime. It means a lot. Of, it is a lot of anime. It's a lot of science fiction, um, and it just becomes. That's like uh, River Swan in uh, Firefly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, like the time traveler's wife. Like that whole book is on some shit. Where it's like she falls in love with him as a kid, and we only experience her part of it, like when she's 
like young and then as a teenager and then as an adult but he's an he's an adult man the entire time because he just like jumps through time randomly uh the movie's okay but the book is worth reading but it is on some once you're like you're aware of that trope it like it some things become worse for you yeah that's a big that's the hardest thing about media literacy is the more you know about a lot of stuff like the harder it gets to consume stuff because you're just like this is gross or like this is not good for the and you know why once you know why something's not good it makes it way harder to enjoy uh this is like mostly a thing that influenced my adult life a lot and this is the thing that was technically two things so it's in college in you know 2008 and that's also around the time that Harmonix had had a breakdown with Activision and started their own rhythm gaming franchise. And that was when Rock Band came out. Uh, Rock Band was such a big deal socially for me in college. And I was a weird kid uh, all the way like through high school. I was a fucking band nerd. And I was the only black person in most of my classes in the neighborhood I grew up in. So I was always kind of outside and college was, even though I went to college here in town, it was kind of like a way to, I'm around different people now. And so I can, but I I was still weird, but rock band was a video game and it was also music related. So like, these are two things that I'm into and now they're the same thing. And that's how I kind of like bonded with a lot of people was the, just getting real drunk and playing rock band at parties. Okay. And I was always a, I mean, I've always been a performer, but that was kind of a way for me to perform in front of a group that wasn't, I guess, like particularly show offish. And it kind of like shifted the way I interacted socially. And then like the Borderlands series, which is suddenly topical because Borderlands 3 just got announced a couple weeks ago. And Borderlands 1 Remastered is dropping soon. If it, it dropped. Doesn't last week okay cool um and i keep meaning to buy it but i don't even really want to play with with so i'm like i already yeah, fuck that yeah yeah i uh, mean if you had it on pc i'd be like yeah let's do it but yeah i don't No, i have the first borderlands on xbox <laughs> on uh, <laughs> xbox one still but we didn't get the free upgrade so <laughs> yikes but just social gaming because I, I was i was broke as a kid i didn't have I was I was always a, a constant generation behind because we didn't have money, but that was when I caught up. And so being able to have like Rock Band and Borderlands on an Xbox 360 was like a big deal as far as like social interaction on a scale that I hadn't really attempted before. Actually doing things that were multiplayer because I'm the oldest of four, and my sister right under me has a developmental disability, and then my sister under that is five years younger than me, and then my brother is seven years. Uh, I also related to Scar because I'm the ugly older brother. Aww. <laughs> Not ugly, Ooh. but my brother's definitely more handsome and in better shape than I am. That was like a thing in my early college where I was like, I need to one, learn how to talk to people and two, do something that's not just me by myself all the time. So that was pretty influential in my adult life and I've turned it away from <laughs> rhythm video games and uh, become an adult person who is functional in social situations, but well, good that for was, you. That was the start of it, really. Okay, going into like now was like two years into college, even where I was like, this is a thing that I can do with the group. I did all I did play the game at home a bunch, and I I think I talked about it one of the last times I was on the show where I learned to get real good at the drums out of spite because a dude talked shit to me at a party once, and I was like, well, I'm gonna get really good at this, and I did. I am still really good at it. If you want to get at me a rock band drums. <laughs> fucking do it pass <laughs> yeah because no one's trying to pay three hundred dollars still somehow for the uh the rock box yeah it's real weird you could probably find one like a goodwill or savers or something yeah, right yeah but they did it's not compatible with the next console like you can get the x i, I can find the 360 drums easily for like 20 bucks but the Xbox, they don't work. It doesn't work with the Xbox One. Oh, and you, I see. It's very hard to find the Xbox One drums. Okay. Shit. Let's move forward. Uh, we Let's talk about the future of the MCU. What you want to get in about that? All right. So they got the X-Men. Finally, they can be free from Century Fox. We just got to get through this last like horrible Dark Phoenix movie that shouldn't have been made in the first place. Like, Did we even get like a regular Phoenix? 
no. movie. There was no. How nah, the movies always want to yeah. skip the homework and yeah. just go right into Dark Phoenix. They skip dinner and go right into dessert. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no like X-Men Phoenix movie. They're like, no, I was going to jump straight into Dark Phoenix. I'm like, had Jean Grey for one film. Yeah, thanks. I hate it. But, um, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> so so let's get this last movie. Just beat this dead horse one more time and we can bury it. Yeah, the trailers look bad it's awful yeah it'll, it'll go down as like wow they just shit the bed on that after logan just bad I mean, bad bad there are a total of two good marvel movies or two good x-men movies yeah i want to say the first one and then logan yeah and that's it well, i feel like the shining the shining stars of the century fox property is like uh hugh jackman and what's his name uh who played Professor Xavier, Patrick something, Patrick Stewart? Yes. Patrick Stewart. Yeah, Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman are basically like the shining stars of the Century Fox X-Men. Okay. They're okay. the only ones people care about. They're the only ones that can really like just nail those characters. Like you see them, you're like, yes, that is Wolverine. That is Professor X. Got it. I'm on board. Everybody else, like, throw them out. Yeah, okay. Throw it away. Okay. You Get don't like uh, Michael Fassbender as Magneto? Old Magneto, yeah, even like, well, yeah, I think the actors that played, I can't remember their names, but like the old and the young Magnetos, like they're, they're uh, the pretty young, good. The young guy uh, yeah. in the recent films. I don't know why I started saying Magneto, but that's, <laughs> Magneto. that's yeah, Magneto, yeah. yeah uh, he's not bad. Okay, yeah, he's not too bad. I just kind of block out like those recent movies from my memory just because it's like, they're bad. I don't want to think about it. Bad. But um, So I want, in maybe about five to eight years down the line, maybe we'll get like Captain, no, Captain Marvel 3. I'm hoping like that's when they introduce Rogue, so Rogue can come in and steal her powers and fuck her up, and then okay. like then like Brie Larson can get out of the contract or whatever. They're like generally each of these heroes they get like about three movies. Like there's three Thors, there's three Iron Mans, whatever. When we get to the third Captain Marvel movie, introduce Rogue, put her in a coma. That's the end of Captain Marvel, and we can move on, and we can have the X Men and be happy. Okay. Well, do you want to see like Avengers versus X Men? <sighs> well, I don't know how much AVX we can. I mean. I don't know how close it'll be uh, at that point because of it's well, so new. Most of those yeah. actors are going to be gone. In the next yeah, they're world. they're going to replace all the. I think they said they're replacing everybody except for Deadpool. No, I mean even the MCU Avengers, like the Avengers. Oh yeah, the Avengers. Are, yeah, a lot of them like those contracts are up, so they're, they're like, done. Some, some people are renegotiating, and some people aren't. Right, they're keeping oh, it pretty yeah. tight-lipped about. Maybe they'll not. bring in new Marvel like heroes, new properties. Yeah. What What do you think is going to happen in Endgame, or as far as like introducing a new series goes, or do you Ooh. think that it'll be just a full stop after that? I think. I mean, I think what's going to happen, Endgame is going to wrap up largely what's been going on in the MCU up to this point, and kind of open them up to do, kind of different things i mean they've already shown I and mean, we talked about the uh disney plus series that they're doing so that's one direction they're kind of like moving in as far as as far as the storytelling with the characters that are still around but i think uh kevin feige has already mentioned that there aren't any immediate plans for a lot of the fox properties they just inherited in this uh in this uh merger it's not like with spider-man where they were they had already planned on, they were trying to put Spider-Man in Civil War pretty early on. And, but they had like prepared for if Sony wasn't willing to play ball. So that was kind of built into that story early on. The Fox merger was back and forth so much that they didn't really plan on anything. And their turnaround is only so fast. So the idea that they would even hint at anything right now related to any of those Fox properties is pretty out there like it so was no fantastic four i don't think we're gonna see oh, anything God, no. i can't wait for them to bring back the fantastic four i keep saying it every time i bring it up but thing ring do your thing <laughs> i want it ben grimm the speaking of hannah barbera shit yeah absolutely dude i'm telling you that'd be so sick that'd be way better than like basically anything they have going on i think they're I mean, I would have to like sit down and really think about it, but I think there are like some good ways to introduce the Fantastic Four in a way that could be fun. I really, I would really like to see the alternate universe where uh, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four didn't have as much studio intervention. I think there was a lot of potential in that movie, and none of it. Uh, if they had continued shooting it like a horror movie, 
yeah. then it would have been fucking ill. It would have been a real interesting take. And I think... And I'm not sure... I'm honestly not sure the MCU even is willing to get as... For lack of a better term, uh, comic booky with some of their properties. So, like, I don't know if the Fantastic Four really fit in the MCU as it is right now. Well, you could always uh, you could always darken it up, you know, add some dark and gritty to it. Yeah, I guess and you don't even have to have uh, Richard Reed doing all of his stretchy shit all the time. He can do it sometimes, like make it stand out in the movie. But like, have him like I don't know, get shot a few times, and then and the, bullets like the bullets just bounce out of him. Woo! Oh, I'm not. You can't think, shoot me. I think you can fit Johnny Storm into the MCU very easily. Yeah, and the thing, and and Sue Storm. You could yeah. make a psychic. And I'm lady. sure they're. I'm sure you know House and Mouse can make stretch powers look good. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, everyone's so afraid of. It seems like every attempt at Doctor Doom has been like weird. That's like let Doctor Doom just be like a. <laughs> He doesn't have to be a metal man. Just have him have him just, just be a, a weird dude. He's a weird scarred dude who runs a Eastern European country. We have those in real life. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make him make him Elon Musk, but with a country instead of a company. Yeah. Oh my and god. Scar's face a little bit. Yeah. Like <laughs> even Deadpool still looks like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Just he can be kind of scarred. He wears a mask. And he just runs the country. Yeah. I'm trying to remember Fantastic Four. Wasn't Michael B. Jordan and Chris Evans both like in they the both other? Johnny they're, Storm. That's right. Yeah, they're both in the MCU as different characters. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't count, though. Those movies suck. Yeah. The, those, I, there are parts of the, was it uh, Tim Story? There are parts of those two, uh, the first two Fantastic Four movies that I do find charming, and it's mostly Chris Evans's. <laughs> so, I mean, look, I'm going to be real with you. With the MCU, you can't do anything but raise the stakes even further. Somebody already killed half the universe. Well, they got now Galactus now, and they have a Nihilus now. whole universe with Galactus. So you bring back the Fantastic Four because there are space anomalies after restoring the universe mm-hmm. and have them go explore the space anomalies with the Guardians of the Galaxy and then that's how they get their superpowers. Oh no! Oh, Rocket, why'd you drop us off in this I don't know, space hole that's or whatever. That's have them introduced, like get their powers now like after the stuff that's yeah that's a, that's a get their powers now ben grimm's a giant rock and he hates his life and then somebody's like yo i made these rings for you dog bang ring you're Do so your into thing. this thing Rick. yeah it's it's so stupid i love it's it it's literally the worst thing <laughs> it's so dumb i love it and you have them get their powers now and then have them introduce the silver surfer at the same time as yeah. you introduce the yeah, if you Galactus, go to yeah. you know yeah. pick a herald and you can you can even do stuff with other heralds like, you know, Jaxus and, or no, Terax, who's a, an earlier herald who had like a weird axe thing that could cut through anything. Have him high five. Have have Galactus high five Dormammu or something. Well, the- now that you're playing with dimensions, like, and she's the Fantastic Four and also hinted the neg- negative zone, they have a Nihilus now. Galactus could even doesn't have to be a universal threat, but Annihilus definitely could because the night like the the annihilation wave is mindless. So it's not like Galactus or Thanos where it's like this is a conscious thing that they're doing. The the annihilation wave is from another dimension where they've literally eaten everything, and now that area is called that dimension is called the negative zone, and they slip just they start to slip into the that could be your like your grand universal threat. Yeah, okay. yeah, and they were trying. So James Gunn was trying to negotiate for Annihilus. He got Ego instead. That sucks. Uh, <laughs> that was the worst movie for it. Yeah. And uh, Ego didn't really fit. At the, you could tell that was like probably supposed to be an Annihilus story with like the, all these different planets around the galaxy getting eaten. I was like, all right, that's that's some straight up Annihilus shit. Yep. But uh, for me, like all I really want, I'm like. I want Rogue back. I want the real Rogue. I don't want... What was her name? Anna, Anna Paquin. Yeah, Anna Paquin crying, and then Wolverine shows up and saves the day. She didn't do anything. She oh, like... Uh, uh, sorry, she sucked. That was not Rogue. I don't know who that was. That was some crybaby. Rogue <laughs> deserves better. Someone with an actual Southern accent, and uh, like specifically 
like a, a South Carolina accent. Yeah. Like that was an accent that would work the best for a film version of Rogue. Like literally anything could be better. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's my only wish. Yeah, and like having Carol Danvers already exist does like set up. It does set up for Rogue to you know put her in a position where she was like in the '90s X Men series where she's got what they did. They did like one episode and they never called her Carol Danvers. (laughs) They didn't like she shows up in like flashbacks of one episode of like about how Rogue got her powers. Like because you know, as in the X Men movies, she can absorb abilities, but only like temporarily. When she was in the comics, she was a member of the Brotherhood of Mutants and. So she was facing the Avengers and absorbed Carol's powers for so long, like like had her in contact with her for so long that she did absorb uh, flight and super strength. I think also energy manipulation. I think so. Well, it depends if you're watching like if you're watching the cartoon versus like the comic book. Because in the comic book, she's like she appears a little bit older, her hair is a little bit different. I think yeah. she was with the Brotherhood. Was that with Mystique? I think. Yeah. So she was. Yeah. The, she was introduced as a member of the Brotherhood, and yeah. then after. The Captain Marvel situation, or the Miss Marvel situation, uh, she was. She kind of had a change of heart, like a little bit afterwards, because she was like grappling with these multiple personalities. Right. But like, because she had had, because Carol was so strong, and Carol was like so objectively at, like a heroic character. Yeah, that's when it kind of shifted, and she had that kind of redemption. And now we know her as a member of the X Men, but she was definitely uh, just. She was an evil mutant when she was introduced and stayed that way for years. Yeah. But yeah, that having Carol Danvers exist it does open that up. And you don't necessarily have to take Captain Marvel off the table, but you can still have a rogue who starts off with her normal powers and then also gets flight and super strength because Carol has those powers. And right. then I would like to see uh, Cyclops, but like good. Yeah, better Cyclops. I feel like that was another character that really needs like redemption yeah, in these new movies. The short end of the stick in all six movies that he's he in. He was so bad in every movie. He was also like a crybaby. Which sucks. In those I movies like James too. Marsden. Just not a Cyclops. Yeah, he was just whiny and boring. I know. I feel like whoever's making these movies like wasn't good at like directing or writing these characters. And also was maybe a sexual predator. Oh, no. Oh, God. Hey, you don't know about uh, Brett Ratner? No. Bad dude. Dude's on boats. Yep. Oh, no. The fact that they brought him back after, uh, like, four um, days of future past was like, yo, Brett Ratner didn't do a great job with the movies before. What are we doing? You like you brought in somebody new for first class to kind of revitalize this franchise, and you're like, "But well, what if it was related to that other one that like we ran into the ground?" Oh, oh God, gross. no. Yeah. Um, All right, what else? What else can I talk about? All right, so right now I'm I paid two hundred dollars for a Windows Mixed Reality like VR headset, so oh, I could go on there just to play VR chat, so I could go in there and hug <laughs> anime characters. Oh, That's the state God. of me in video games right oh, now. You God. go in there, two hundred dollar VR chat machine. Well, it was great being on the show. Goodbye. So yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Like I actually earlier today, I was driving up from LA and I met one of my friends from VR chat. He lives over in Garden Grove. Oh wow! So it was really cool, like to meet someone because like with my VR chat friends, like we have a Discord that we go to and we'll like play games. Like we'll play Overwatch or Jackbox games. Like we do other stuff too. And Jackbox. What? Shout out to Jackbox. Those games are great. Oh, yeah. I'm super into Jackbox real, right now. They're great party games. I yeah, love absolutely. them. Especially if your friends get too drunk to have coherent conversations, they can still draw dicks on their phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just write dicks on the screen. Like, Tyson, yep. uh, dicks, bitches, go. That's funny. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I got to meet, like, one of my friends. And it's really cool because, like, he was someone I talked to, like, every other night. And, like, just, you know, you meet random people online. You shoot the shit with them. And you just kind of form bonds and you get close so it's really nice to go and like meet somebody who you've been talking to online for like a couple months yeah as uh, i came out way creepier than i (laughs) meeting internet friends is like a it's a an interesting thing especially for people our age yeah because when the internet started it was like don't fucking talk to people on the internet don't let them know your real name don't let them know where you live now i can call them on my phone come pick me up and i was just like i've met so many people that i've met through the internet just like hey i'm in your town do you want to like meet up and i've not been murdered a single time me neither <laughs> nothing bad has ever happened knock on wood knock on wood yeah yeah i don't know i've met i've met people from the internet some of them are good some of them are bad 
Yeah, uh, no, no, good yeah. people. I've, I've but never none of them felt like killed I was, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've never felt like I was in danger of being murdered. But right. I'm sure some of the people I've met were th- in, thought they were in danger of being murdered. <laughs> Especially probably when they meet you for the first time. Yeah, you're, absolutely. Who the fuck is this yeah, gigantic you're, man? <laughs> you're much taller in person than you probably come on. Because yeah. there's no way to tell how big someone is when they text. Yeah, right. You just probably think that I'm a husky dude when you talk to me on the internet. But when you see me IRL, it's like... Like, shit. Why is this nigga so big? He thick. <laughs> like for what? Damn yeah. boy, he thick. Thick boy, extra thick. Extra thick. But no, so that was nice. So that was one thing that I got to do that I'm really glad glad I came out here, glad I came to California. I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and my sister recently moved to San Diego, hence why I'm out here. I would love to come out more often. It's just like I'm the more I drive my car, the more I'm like, all right, I can do these road trips. It's, it's no an easy deal. drive. It's an easy drive. Like I'm always like, oh, I always dread it. I'm like, I don't want to do this drive. It and then you get on the road and you're like, that five and a half hours went quick. And I listen to your podcast every time. Oh, every thank road, you. every road trip. Because it does make the time go by fast because the episodes are like an hour and a half long. So I go like, oh, four episodes just went by like that. And you guys will tell like the whole plot to a movie and I'm like cool I'll have to see that movie I don't have to watch Predator now I don't need to see what was it Death what was that Bruce Willis movie uh, Death Wish Death Wish yeah. I don't have to see Death Wish now thank God yeah I was about to call it Death Note but <laughs> I have a different uh, bad media thing we could talk let's about let's have Bruce yeah. Willis did you guys talk about Death, Death Note? Note did I miss that episode if you did yeah we talked about okay, it okay yeah. or I blocked it out yeah, yeah. I listened to every episode I, it's probably named something like Death Note yeah, or something like that. Some I did, stupid fucking pod. I did recently re-listen to uh, Big Single Energy. Oh, God. Because that bit. <laughs> to the episode. It's one of the episodes. I just named it Big Single Energy. Oh, okay. Yeah. We love Big Dick Energy. And Denzel does this bit. Are you reading a Reddit post? Like I'm, I wrote something. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that's right. It's like you, Denzel wrote this thing about like this incel. Group, oh, <laughs> and it's so fucking funny. It's as evidenced by the fact that I was literally listened to it yesterday. It's still so fucking funny to me, and it came out like last summer. That episode, oh, I'm glad you liked that. And it's so fucking funny when we, <laughs> when one bus, we all bus. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? I go back. What is this called? Big single energy. Yeah, it's okay. one of the. It's one of those episodes. I um, I favorited it in my podcast app. It's uh, I want to say eighty six. It's eighty one. Okay, eighty one. Eighty one. Okay. Go and back it's and Denzel just in just peak single bitterness, oh. <laughs> at least on the show. Yeah. And it's fucking, it's so funny. It's so fucking funny. I don't remember what else happens in the episode. I just remember that, that bit is like five to 10 minutes of you just like reading that. And it's so fuck. It's so funny. The Revisit is, Big Single Energy if you haven't heard it in a while. It's yeah, episode 81. It so, oh, listeners, by the way, if you want to put together like a best of list. Oh, hell uh, yeah. A compilation episode. Yep. So I want to put together like a best of episode and just put it out there. My Hero Academia. Who's watching it? Who's reading the manga? Uh, uh, neither, but I want to do both. I okay. was reading the manga. So where... The point where Gran Torino is fighting in the city against the villains that come in, like I think it's late season two of the show. I don't remember how, where it is. Oh, was it but late season three? Maybe? maybe I don't know. I, I don't. That was like mid. Was that when they fought? Like what was it? All Might fall, fought. All Might was fighting all for one, and he like gets all scraggly and shit. And he's out of commission. Was it that? Time? Yeah, it was around that. It was the end of season, like mid end season three. Okay. Yeah. So in the manga, that's how far I got. And I was okay. just like, well, I'd rather just wait until this finishes because like, I want to read more. The biggest problem that I have with comics and manga is that they're fucking short. And yeah. for some reason I managed to catch everything just as it's transitioning into a new story arc. Yeah. So it's like, oh, wow. I'm like three issues into this arc and like some cool shit starting to happen. And you're like, oh, I have to wait a month. Yeah. Every yeah. time. And then another month yeah and then another month oh wait they went on hiatus who knows when they'll be back 10 months later yeah. they've been doing it like weekly lately oh okay. like i keep up with it like twitter yes. is a great great way to find like so i just like every thursday night i'm like all right uh bnha spoilers to put in a tag search for it and people post like caps it's usually like all like people in spanish because they just don't give a fuck yeah and <laughs> usually there's lawless like, land there's usually there. from what i've seen translations by monday yeah well i find them like Friday morning, like here are the leaks, here are the spoilers, here are the screen caps, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, someone I follow, uh, she posts about it every Monday. Which, like, that's I guess that's just when she reads it. Yeah. She also lives in Ireland, so that might be an, uh, okay. a factor. 
but I know right now we're in like a villain's arc and we haven't seen Deku or Bakugo or anybody in like a month and life has been good because I need a break from them. Like, let me see someone else for a little while. And the villains are interesting. Like that Shigaraki's backstory. Right now we're learning more about Toga and like what her deal is. And that's leading up. I'm like, please. I need the Dobby backstory. I need to know what's going on with Dobby. You can't just have this guy walk into it and be like, what the fuck happened to your face? I need to know what, what's going on with you. Like, what happened? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like rumors and speculations, like fan theories about like, oh, he's Shota Todoroki's oldest brother or he's Endeavor's son. And that's why he's a villain because he follows the teachings of Stain and Stain's like, you know, the very like the hero killer. And if Dobby is Endeavor's son, like, okay, that makes sense. He wants to kill his dad because he was an asshole to him. So... Yeah. That's justified. That's like the quick, like the fastest way I could like get this out. Yeah. But Dobby to me is like the most interesting character in the show. Okay. Yeah, it's like it. mysterious backstory. I, I just want that it. juice. Yeah. So I mean, not to say that like I didn't stop reading it because it was bad. It was really good. I just, just was sick of waiting. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. just I'll wait until wait until a good deal of it's out. Because yeah. the if there's like a time jump or something in the manga, like I'll read up until the time jump. Yeah. Like, there's a good deal of manga out. Like, if you stopped reading in the manga, like, what's already out in the anime, there's, like, tons of stuff out. Like, yeah. where the manga is right now, like, in relation to, like, how many episodes per show, that'd probably be, like, midway through, like, season five, okay. I would say. Or probably even, like, season six. Okay. Because a lot of shit went down. And we're getting season four in October. All right. And there's usually, like, 25 episodes. They do, like, the double uh, core arcs and stuff like that, so. Okay. That's dope. So you just come back and just jump back in in October when like everybody will be talking about it. Go to ALA and like everyone will be cosplaying it. Like that's a good time to kind of jump back in when it's like nice and hype for the anime. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a good show regardless of if you like anime or not. It's yeah. like a good look at superheroes. If you're into Harry Potter, it's basically Harry Potter with like superheroes. superheroes. It's yeah. like the X Men. Yeah. Meets Harry oh, Potter. Yeah. That's probably why I like it so much. Like I love X Men. This is basically like an X Men kind of thing like they're mutants they're quirks it's a very similar formula yeah and i don't really watch that much other anime right now anyways i've kind of fallen off like watching anime good good yeah i know i'm weaning i'm weaning myself <laughs> off of anime right now i like haven't been to any cons in like a while like, the last con i went to was Tayokan, which is a con in arizona that like i used to staff for and go to but because it's like so close to me and i went for free i'm like okay i'm a staff member i have to go but it was the same weekend as ala so like I have to go to Taiwan, have to miss ALA. It's okay, I guess. I'll go to ALA next year. <laughs> yeah, so it's good. Like ALA is the only there. anime con like I give a shit about. It's good. It's ALA, a really good time. ALA is all I need. I can forget everything else. I only need ALA. Yeah, and it's then a, it's a fantastic time. I want to go to RuPaul's Drag Con, which is the end of May mm-hmm. this year, and it's at the LA Convention Center. But it's more like money and figuring out like the Airbnb and stuff. So, Drag Con is a thing, and then Evo, Glorious. You better go to Evo this year. I better yeah. see you there. You better not break you, your foot again. You will see me, and my foot won't be fucked up. Because I missed you at like, Evo the last couple times. Yeah, I don't know what happened two years ago. Oh, my back was fucked up two God. years ago. Yeah. You're going to break your arm. I, well, that'd be, <laughs> I'd still be able to get around. All right, well, I guess we can call it here. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks. Uh, there are no questions on the subreddit this week. Uh, Reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. And we'll see you next week for questions. Uh, this week, I was joined by Charles. Yes, sir. And Obasu. Yay, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate yeah. you coming in uh, as the ringer. Uh, anybody want to plug anything? Uh, I just want to say suck it, Chet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, keep an eye on uh, BraveMotel.net in the coming weeks. I'm, I've been, I started recording. Give it to me straight again. Um, once I have some episodes banked, it'll start getting published. All right, so cool. brainmotel.com or .net, whichever one you like. Do you own both? I do own both, and they both redirect to the same site. Okay, cool. Perfect. I think I also own brainmotel.org. I don't know why I bought that domain three times, but I've got it. Okay. Well, you do you. Keep an eye out. Uh, give it to me straight. It's coming back. All right, perfect. Okay. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Lady Obasu. And then I have a Twitch Sometimes I use, sometimes I play games once in a while. Like if you want to go look at, watch me be bad at video games, it's just like twitch.tv slash obasu, O-B-A-S-U. That's kind of it, just my Twitter and my Twitch. Okay, cool. All right, thanks everybody for listening to this week's edition of Real Nerd Hours. Uh, Support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash realnerdhours. And uh, 
go to the website, realnerdhours.com, uh, to check out our social media information. It's weird. The, the website goes down, uh, I don't know, like kind of infrequently, they just did a DNS update the host did. So it's been going down infrequently. So if you're using the RSS to get the podcast episodes, I probably wouldn't recommend that for the next little bit because, uh, the ongoing maintenance is going to make some of those episodes unavailable at times, unless if your uh, podcast app automatically downloads them shits. Well, if that's what you're doing, then keep doing you. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.